How many of you would like to fulfill God's purposes for your life in this coming year? Uh, amen, amen. I, I tell you what, um, God is able to supply what we need to fulfill the purposes that he has for our lives. Uh, there was a young preacher who had just gotten out of school and uh, had interviewed with a church. And uh, somebody told him, don't go to that church. That church is mired in problems and uh, is, a, is a fighting church, and you don't want to have anything to do with that church. Uh, you go somewhere else. Well, he went on anyway. He felt like God wanted him to go there. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, the church was Thomas Road Baptist Church, and the pastor was Jerry Falwell. And uh, God used them greatly uh, for his kingdom, and is still using that church to this day as Jonathan, his son, pastors. Um, God is able to supply what we need to fulfill the purposes that he has for our lives. And we need him for those purposes, don't we? Uh, I'm glad that God's word says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Uh, and God in David's life was supplying what he needed. Uh, David was going through a difficult season of his life. Uh, there were some good things happening, but there was also a lot of trouble happening in his life. And opposition from somebody who was the most powerful man in Israel. His name was Saul. And uh, God was giving David what he needed to fulfill his purpose. We need to trust God to do the same for us. The title of my message is The Fulfillment of His Purposes. God's Fulfillment of His Purposes. Um, look with me at 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1. When David had finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan committed himself to David and loved him as much as he loved himself. Saul kept David with him from that day on and did not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as much as himself. Then Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his military tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. David marched out with the army and was successful in everything Saul sent him to do. Saul put him in command with the soldiers, which pleased all the people and Saul's servants as well. As the troops were coming back when David was returning from killing the Philistine, the women came out from all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines, shouts of joy, and with three-stringed instruments. As they celebrated, the women sang, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. Saul was furious and resented this song. They credited tens of thousands to David, he complained, but they only credited me with thousands. What more can he have than the kingdom? So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. The next day, an evil spirit sent from God took control of Saul, and he began to rave inside the palace. David was playing the lyre as usual, but Saul was holding a spear, and he threw it, thinking, I'll pin David to the wall. But David got away from him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. Therefore, Saul reassigned David and made him commander over a thousand men. David led the troops and continued to be successful in all his activities because the Lord was with him. When Saul observed that David was very successful, he dreaded him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was leading their troops. 
Saul told David, here is my oldest daughter Merib. I'll give her to you as a wife if you will be a warrior for me and fight the Lord's battles. But Saul was thinking, my hand doesn't need to be against him. Let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Then David responded, who am I and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? When it was time to give Saul's daughter Merib to David, she was given to Adriel the Maholothite as a wife. Now Saul's daughter Michael loved David, and when it was reported to Saul, it pleased him. I'll give her to him, Saul thought. She'll be a trap for him, and the hand of the Philistines will be against him. So Saul said to David a second time, you can now be my son-in-law. Saul then ordered his servants, speak to David in private and tell him, look, the king is pleased with you, and all his servants love you. Therefore, you should become the king's son-in-law. Saul's servants reported these words directly to David, but he replied, Is it trivial in your sight to become the king's son-in-law? I am poor, a man who is common. The servants reported back to Saul, These are the words David spoke. Then Saul replied, Say this to David, The king desires no other bride price except 100 Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Actually, Saul intended to cause David's death at the hand of the Philistines. When the servants reported these terms to David, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. Before the wedding day arrived, David and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. He brought their foreskins and presented them as a full payment to the king to become his son-in-law. Then Saul gave his daughter Michael to David as his wife. Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved him. And he became even more afraid of David. As a result, Saul was David's enemy from then on. Every time the Philistine commanders came out to fight, David was more successful than all Saul's officers, so his name became well known. The fulfillment of God's purposes. God's fulfillment of his purposes. How does God fulfill them? Well, first of all, he gives us the needed love. The needed love. Isn't it interesting, Saul, the most powerful man in Israel, is David's enemy. But everywhere David turns, the people love him. If you look at verse 1, it says, Jonathan committed himself, literally made a covenant with David. He made a covenant agreement with David. This is the king's son. And he loved him as much as he loved himself. Uh, If you look on over, uh, the scripture says, That in verse 20, that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. Uh, Verse 16, but all Israel and Judah loved David. Uh, Verse 22, and all his servants love you. Verse 28, Saul realized the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved him. It's mentioned over and over and over again. God was granting David favor in the eyes of the people. And whatever Saul decided to do, it ended out working for David's good. Uh, Saul brings him to the court and tries to kill him with a spear, and David escapes. Uh, Saul decides he's going to send him out to be a commander. Uh, And so he makes him a commander of a thousand men, and David goes out, and he fights God's battles, and the people love him even more because God's hand was with him. And so uh, God granted him the love of the people so that he could do the work of God. The Bible says that there were people who hated Jesus, but God granted Jesus the love of the people in a different way. 
uh, the, the multitudes loved to gather to hear Jesus. You either loved Jesus or hated Jesus. But God granted him favor. And then when that hour came where Jesus was to die, uh, God allowed that to happen for his purpose. But God gave Jesus the favor that he needed. God uh, uh, protected Elijah. Uh, he sent Elijah to the, to the brook and fed him from the ravens. And then he sent him to the widow at Zarephath. And this widow uh, cared for Elijah's needs. Uh, God granted her uh, love and it told her to care for him. So God is able to grant us this love. Now, there have been people in my ministry who have not liked me. Matter of fact, there have been a couple that have hated me. But by and large, God's people have loved me. And I've been very grateful for that. Um, and, and because of that, I've been able to do ministry in a more effective way than otherwise. I'm so grateful for that blessing. God will do the same for you. God can grant you favor. Do you remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah was uh, the cupbearer uh, to a very powerful king, the king who had an empire over the world at that time in Persia. And Nehemiah heard about the condition of Jerusalem, and he was sad. And the king said, Lord, uh, the king said, why are you sad? Why is your face downcast? This is nothing but sadness of heart. And Nehemiah prayed to God. He said, Lord, grant me favor in the eyes of the king. And so Nehemiah tells him, well, my, my city is in ruins. The walls are torn down, and, and I'm burdened about my, my, my family and my, my city that has been left uh, destroyed, and, and I want to rebuild this city. There's no one to rebuild. And so the king says, I'll grant you a leave of absence. And not only that, I'll provide you the material to build the wall. How's that? For the favor of God. God granted him love in the eyes of the king. Listen, when God has a purpose for you, he can work in the hearts and lives of people to fulfill his purpose. Uh, the Bible says they shall know we are Christians by our love. Now, we're called to love as Christians. But there's something powerful about that. As we love each other, it fulfills the purposes of God, not just in the love itself, but in the work that we do together to accomplish the purposes of God. So uh, God will give you the needed love that you, that you need to fulfill his purposes, just as he did with David. Ask him for that. Secondly, the needed gifts. The needed gifts. Verse 4 says, Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, this royal robe. Along with his military tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. He gave him all the military equipment that he needed to fight God's battles. If you look at verse 4, he gave that to them. Uh, but then look at verses 7 and 8. Uh, Saul has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. Saul's angry in verse 8. They credited tens of thousands to David, but they credited me only with thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? So, Saul's recognizing that God has given David favor in the eyes of the people. God gave him the favor and the popularity that he needed to accomplish the purposes of God. Now, a lot of times Christians aren't popular. A lot of times they're hated around the world. 
But if God has a purpose for you, he can grant the favor that you need, and he can grant the gifts that you need as well. Look at verses 21 and 27. Verse 21, Saul says, I'll give her to him. Uh, In verse 27, uh, Saul gave his daughter Michael to David as his wife. So Saul gives David, thinking to cause him trouble, he gives him his daughter. Now how would you feel if you were his daughter and you knew that was his heart? Well, I'm going to marry you off to this guy because I want to cause him trouble. Uh, But that's exactly what he was doing. And yet, what happened was, is she ends up protecting him. As you look in the next chapter, delivers him from one of the plots of Saul. But not only that, she gives David a royal position. Now he is in the royal family. And so God is just taking everything that's happening, and he's using it to fulfill the purposes that God has for David's life. God will do the same for us. Um, You remember Moses? uh, He sees the snake and and God says, pick up that snake by the tail. I almost think of having an Australian accent or something, you know, when you pick up that snake. But uh, Moses picked up the snake and it became a rod. And God says, this is the rod rod of God. Now, He says, throw it down again, and it became a snake. Pick it up again, it became a rod. And God said, go, you take this, and you do this sign before Pharaoh so that he'll let the people go. But David took that rod, and God used that rod in his life. And it was something to both for Moses and for the people to show that God was with them, that as he did this physical demonstration, as he lifted that rod above the Red Sea, what happened? the wind began to blow and the waters began to part and they eventually crossed over on dry land. And so the people had a visual demonstration that God was with them. He gave Moses his rod. He gave David his stones and a sling, right, for Goliath. Uh, He gave him an equipment to use. God gives us the gifts that we need. Ehud was a, a judge in Scripture who was left-handed. Who would have thought that would have been a gift from God? Matter of fact, in that culture, if you tried to shake somebody's hand left-handed, it was considered an offense. Uh, I won't tell you why, but uh, it was considered an offense, and it was considered a a second-class citizen uh, to to have a left-handedness in your life. But yet God used the very thing that others saw as something that was something to put him down God used it to deliver the people of Israel, and he took his left hand with a knife, and he killed the oppressor of God's people with his left hand, and he didn't expect it coming because it would have come normally from the right hand. You see, God can give us all kinds of gifts. He gives us spiritual gifts in the church, doesn't he? Uh, Some of you uh, have different gifts uh, that God has given you, and you use those gifts Uh, to bless the people of God, to minister and build up the people of God. Uh, These are things from God that God has given us to fulfill His purpose. If you have a gift, you need to use that gift. Now, you may be using that, in in some cases, in the privacy of your home. But most of the time, it is is used in, in the context of the church body. And so you're ministering to the church and building the church up. And even those gifts that are used in privacy are used to build up the church indirectly. And so 
God has given you those gifts, so use those gifts for his purpose. God will give you the needed gifts. I read a really interesting book a few years ago by Henry Blackaby about spiritual gifts, and it was different than anything I'd ever read. And, and he said this unique thing that I'd not read anywhere else. He said, uh, when God calls you to a different ministry or to a different focus in your ministry, God will give you the gifts that you need at that time to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. And, and I believe that's true. And uh, I, I've, I've talked with other uh, ministers, and uh, I, I remember a conversation I had with my dad about when he was a staff member, and he had an incredible gift of administration, uh, and God would just give him these things, and he'd just outline it, and it just came very easy to him. And, and uh, he, he said his pastor would say, well, how did you come up with that? He said, well, I don't know. It just, just came. Uh, it, was a, it was a spiritual gift. But um, when he became a pastor and he was using different gifts, God gifted him in different ways. Now, he still uses some of that administration, but that administrative gift is not as strong as it once was, and now God is using him in a different way. So, But the point is this. If God calls you to do something for him, God will give you the gifts and the resources that you need to bring that thing about. Uh, so uh, God did that for David. He'll do that for us. Trust him to do that. Ask him to do that. Ask him for the giftedness that you need to accomplish his purpose and step out in faith and trust God as he leads you. Uh, so the fulfillment of God's purposes, he gives us the needed love, the needed gifts, the needed opinions. Look at verse 5. David marched out with the army, was successful in everything Saul sent him to do. Saul put him in charge of the soldiers, which pleased all the people and Saul's servants as well. Um, the people had a strong opinion of David because of what they saw God doing in his life. They had a strong opinion of him. Look at verse 20. Now Saul's daughter Michael loved David, and when it was reported to Saul, it pleased him. Now think about this for a second. Saul was going to give David his older daughter, Merib, promised her to him. As a matter of fact, that was one of the things that was promised to be done for the person who killed a Goliath. But Saul reneges on the promise. He doesn't fulfill the promise, and he gives Merib to somebody else. Now Michael is in love with David, and Saul is pleased by this. He, he didn't do it with his other daughter. God has changed his heart and given him a good opinion about the situation. Did you know the Bible says God holds the hearts of kings in his hands and turns them whichever way he wants them to go? And God is able to influence the opinions of people. Now, you're not going to have everybody have a good opinion about you, but know that God can change the opinions of people to fulfill his purposes for your life. And, and when God is with you in that way, uh, he can change people's hearts. Uh, there's been a couple of times that, uh, uh, well, people, people have hated me and continued to hate me. But then there have been other times that, uh, that I've seen God change somebody's heart toward me. Somebody that was, that was against me, 
God changes their hearts, and now they're forming. They're a friend. Um, God is able to do that. If he has a purpose for your life, he can fulfill that purpose for your life. And so the needed opinions that, that people need to have of you in order to fulfill God's purpose, he's able to take care of that. He's able to put an open door in front of you that no one can shut. Revelation talks about that. He's also able to put a closed door before you that no one can open. Anybody ever had one of those? Um, the opinions of God. If he's disciplining you, it may be a closed door, right? He says, you're trying to do this. You're, you're trying to live this life and so forth. But I'm disciplining you. I'm giving you a hard time and a struggle because I'm trying to get your attention so you'll repent. But then at other times, God will put that open door in front of us that no one can shut. Some, sometimes the way he does that is through the opinions of people. And he'll just open that door uh, to be able to get and accomplish the things that are needed. Paul said, Lord, give me an open door to share the gospel. Sometimes a person who normally is not open, God can change their opinion. I had a, a fella in my, in my last church, his, his name was David Vanderberg, and his, his dad was in the hospital, and he, he and his wife were talking to me and, about his dad, and, and he said, uh, I said, well, would you like me to go talk to him about his salvation? And he said, well, yeah, but i got to warn you, uh, usually he's rude to people who try to talk to him about Jesus. He may be mean to you. I don't know what he's going to say to you. I said, that's okay. I've had people be rude to me before. And so uh, I'll, I'll just go on. And Well, I went on, and, and I went and I saw him some five to six times. Not one time was he ever rude to me. Why? I believe God just gave him an open heart, changed his opinion. Um, ultimately, he came to faith the night before he died, when his wife's pastor went to see him. So all my, I laid that groundwork, but uh, God ultimately used me for part of it, and then he used this other pastor to win him to Christ. But God was able to change his opinion in order to accomplish the purpose that God has for his life. And, and the purpose he had for me in ministering to him and his wife's pastor. And so uh, he goes from being rude to everybody who talks to him about Jesus to being open to both people who talk him about Jesus. I tell you, God is able to change the opinions of men. So um, when God has a purpose for you, trust him in that purpose and know that God can give you the needed opinions. So um, how does God fulfill his purposes? The needed love he gives us the needed love, the needed gifts, the needed opinions, and finally the needed presence. The needed presence. Um, if you look in verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but he left Saul. By the way, each one of these, these things that I'm going to talk to you about, where it says that God uh, was with David, as Saul observes this in different situations, the words that, that describe Saul's fear grow more intense and more emphatic in the original. And uh, basically, he goes, he dreaded David. He was terrified of David. Uh, and and this, this attitude, why? Because Saul is seeing with his eyes what God is doing in David's life. The presence of God is with him. Look at verse 14. He continued to be successful, David did, in all his activities because the Lord was with him. 
Look at verse 18. Then David responded, Who am I and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? Um, I wrote down the wrong verse. <laughs> uh, but God is, is with David. And, and throughout this chapter, you see this mentioned over and over again. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And um, the reason for this is because God had a purpose for David's life. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 139? If you're a child of God, the Bible says every day of your life is written in God's book. He has a purpose for your life. He knows when you sit down, when you, when you rise up. He designed you in your mother's womb. Some of you may not like that. Uh, saw that movie, Anne of Green Gables, and she said, when I, she said, when I found out that God made my head red, I had no use for God. Uh, and so uh, uh, she came around, uh, fortunately. But, but, but it is true. God has designed us in our mother's womb for his purpose. And that is an incredible thing. Uh, we have military contractors who design weapons uh, for the purpose of war. Uh, they have a specific purpose for each weapon that they design. We have automobiles that are designed for specific purposes. Uh, my wife was telling me, I think it was my wife, or maybe it was my, my daughter, was telling me about seeing uh, an SUV on the interstate the other day, and she said traffic was just flying. Traffic was going about 85 miles an hour. And she said this, this SUV flew around her, just left her standing like she was standing still. And uh, I told her, I said, that is really stupid. At least if you're going to speed like that, get yourself a Ferrari. Because if you have a Ferrari, at least it's built for that kind of speed. It's, it's built to hug the curve. But, but that SUV, if you turn a sharp curve, if you have to avoid something, you're going to spin and you're going to, the car's going to roll. Because it wasn't designed for that. It was designed to go across country. God has designed you for a specific purpose. And it's a purpose that... You are made to fulfill. Isn't that an amazing thought? And God's presence, if you're a child of God, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he will be your partner in fulfilling the purposes of God. He'll be with you. Uh, keep your sins confessed to God. Don't quench the spirit. Or you can, you can quench uh, the effectiveness of God's presence in your life. Uh, keep those sins confessed. Ask God to fill you with His Spirit. Ask God to teach you how to walk in the Spirit. Have a surrendered heart toward God um, and, and a heart of faith to be willing to follow Him as He leads. And as you do that, God's presence will be with you in power to fulfill the purposes that He has for your life. The needed presence. I think that's the most important one. If God is with us, who can be against us. I love what uh, the scripture says. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Uh, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, I want you to know if you're a child of God, it doesn't matter what problems you're going through, what difficulties you're going through, if God is with you, who can be against you? Nothing can separate you from his love.
fulfilled and we're fulfilled. God's fulfillment of his purpose, how does he fulfill it? They needed love, they needed gifts, they needed opinions, and they needed presence. As you have these things in your life, God will be with you and he will fulfill every good purpose he has for your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for showing us how you fulfill your purposes. And Lord, I, I pray that in each one of our lives, that those of us who know Jesus, that we would respond to you and follow your leadership and, and trust you, Lord, and to fulfill the purposes that you have for our lives in faith. And uh, Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, I know the first purpose that you have for them is to enter into relationship with you. And I pray that they would make that decision um, to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ and to receive the free gift of eternal life. Thank you for the blood of Jesus.